The D'Amico show starts now. Welcome to the D'Amico show. I'm Steve D'Amico, joined here today with Gianni Saltalamacchia, as well as Katie Lyons. Katie Lyons is an educator who will soon be a full-time teacher, and Gianni is a comedian and podcaster. Today we are going to discuss family life, family life. We're all at the age of, in our 30s, correct? Thank you. <laughs> We're all in our 30s. Just we'll go with that. It. I'm knocking on 40s door, but that's okay. <laughs> We're all still, she, she just turned 30. You're on the other side of 30. I'm somewhere in the middle. Other side. I actually met Gianni at a open mic. And when I was listening to his set, it was cracking me up hearing some of his stories about his upbringing. So I wanted to start off just uh, going into that a little bit more. Can you tell us uh, what it was like uh, growing up and the different things you went through uh, with your family, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, the main thing that we connected about uh, my father, uh, my, my my bit that I open up with is, you know, about my father being gay, right? Like, I, I just, the, you know, the first... Classic. Yeah, the first thing I say is just like, so my father's gay, right? You don't expect that. Like, it's just like, a, that's a heavy thing, right? Because uh, then you think like, well, he's, how did that happen, right? Because every time you meet some, oh, not every time, I guess for me, when you meet somebody and like they're gay and they have kids well they're adopted are they you know whatever so my dad came out late you know in life you know he was probably shit 50 in his late 50s early 60s when he came out um you know and i had i had the hints you know like it, and that's part of my bits too like it's you know i can't you know like his job like he wasn't this like totally flamboyantly gay dude like it wasn't like what, what was his job when did he was you walk in planner. on him with a oh. dress on <laughs> yeah yeah, he's a wedding planner, right? So that's typically oh, okay. Yep. You know, that's a planning the weddings. He wasn't legally allowed to have yeah. for himself. But he killed it doing the gay weddings in Boston. It was, you know, so I mean, it's it, when it that we were one of the first states to legalize the gays getting married. So I mean, he kind the of uh, flourished with that, I guess. Um, so was he married to your mom, or were they separated? Well, yeah, they had got divorced when I was a senior in high school, so that was like 2002, right? And then we lived together, uh, me and him. I paid rent. I wasn't like a shithead. And, um, you know, it was cool. We vibed. And, you know, and then it was just like you hadn't had a girlfriend in years, right? Like, All right, well, maybe, you know. And my mom, she talks about her marriage. It was normal, you know, as normal as can be. And then he, you know, guy, a friend kept coming around and, you know, it's like, all right, you know, like I kind of think I know where this is going. And then it was funny. Wow. He he came out of the closet. It's another bit of mine. He comes out of the closet to me and he's like, Johnny, I'm gay. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like you're not fooling anybody anymore. Right. Like and it was weird. It was at the end of a wedding. We we're both drunk. And he, he comes out to me. He's like, oh, I'm gay. And I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think no that's shit. the best answer you can get is like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like that you really knew that person so well that it's not any news to them at all. No. Nope. So you clearly knew your dad. Did you have a relationship with him or? Well, yeah. No, I was the best man in his wedding to a dude. You know, like right. and he caught the jock strap when he threw it over, <laughs> yeah, right. threw it over his head. You can be as like pump your chest out liberal um, for gay rights as possible until you're somebody who's very close to you comes out of the closet. Right. And then you're like. Oh, you know, like it really like I felt when we first came out, I was like, um, I thought about my mom, you know, and then what are people going to think and how's that going to affect me? And he was holding on to that, that 
boulder on the back of his because sh- he didn't want to lose our relationship. So that's what he said uh, after he did it. But he was holding on to that boulder for so long that when he dropped it, it was like, hello, you know, like, <laughs> it's like be a super weight lifted off your shoulders for sure. Do you think Scary, he but. do you think he told your mom like when they split it, he just wanted to split and still kept it to himself like this marriage isn't working or did he tell her at that point? no it was like they split then it was years later when i have a boyfriend now so he's like look i can't always be topping like i need more out of this marriage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i want to be i don't yeah <laughs> that's always it's always fascinated me dude that whole life so he's like it, you're either a top or a bottom or you're both or it's just like Sometimes I wish I like cock, you know, because it's just like. <laughs> Do you feel like you're like. The I straight, don't. I, the every co- marriage is like too like vanilla. Like, do you, do you feel like monogamy is like going out the door? A little for bit. Like, for like everyone, even like in the straight world, or is it just kind of. It's like the, so the, accepted to like just enter new people or, you know, like in the enter gay. Yeah, people, enter. No, yeah. but like have like gr- like group things. and Not that I want that in my straight marriage, you know, but. It just fascinates me that that's like a, such a part of it because dudes are just like, you know, always it's always on the top of their mind. In my my experience is sex, sex, you know, and then you get another guy that's, all, you know, and it's just like, let's invite Steve over and let's do it. You know, it's like it's fascinating to me, you know, but are all gay dudes just like that or is it just like this is what I found within my research and I've done extensive research, extens- research. Ex- extens- extensive yes. research. I think there's. Gay people who are constantly horny, like there's men that are constantly horny, but it can be for a number of reasons. It could be because you're depressed or anxious or you're developing like an addiction Mm -hmm. to sex. And a lot of gay men and probably women too, but maybe not as much because I feel like men overall have that more, that that's that primal like release. That's just like, you know, like. Women are definitely horny though too. Like they're yeah, you know, it's more emotional. It's more emotional where it's it's different. I, I mean, I just newly started dating a girl a year ago. She's my first girlfriend, and it's so different because like you're both emotional this time. Where it's not like I've been dating guys my whole life, and it's like you're being an idiot. What are you doing? And they're like, uh, and they apologize. Whether it's like this time, if we're mad about something, it's like both parties are upset. Right, and it's almost like. You made me feel a buck. Yeah, it's no, a bucket of water on like just idiots. a friggin' massive fire. Almost is there a lesbian version of grinder? Is there like a muffler where women are like <laughs> muffler? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, like yeah. women are on there like cruising for sex all down. That's what I mean. Like there's no, more of but this, you like, can tell. Like you can tell when a girl is like always flirting with other girls, right, right. trying to even get like. I can't even get over. I think the biggest surprise to me in the gay world, entering the gay world like publicly, was the fact there are so many closeted women and there's so many women that are like a little homophobic about it. Like, oh my God, don't look at me like that. Don't. It's like, I'm not even looking at you. But also how interested and fascinated they are in it. Well, that's that's the new thing now. There's heteroflexible. And this is what I'm noticing on apps like Field. I don't know if you've ever been on that, but it's basically- No, I never heard of it. It's an app where there's like singles and couples. And a lot of men and a lot of women identify as heteroflexible, meaning there's some sexual attraction mm. to the same sex but no emotional attraction right. at all to the same sex. So to me, that means like the exploration might be built in curiosity. It might be built in, you know, like I've always wanted to 
from a woman's perspective, I've always wanted to like play with like large breasts. I don't have big breasts, but like they have some kind of physical attraction or pull into that. So there's way more experimentation. I feel like that's always been the case, but now it's not as shamed. Right. It's not like you dip your toe into the water, like 1%, you're gay. You know what I mean? That's what it used to be. Like if you do anything, that same sex, you're, you're gay. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's what we're seeing now more. And we're also seeing relationships getting to that point, whether it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, where they now are saying, we're not going to divorce. Why don't we like experiment and explore? And it's never been easier because before it would be like, I have to go on, you have to go on a cruise to do that. Or you have to like (laughs) put a pineapple on your front door, whatever it is. Like now it's like, no, you just download an app. And you see how many people are also down for that right. within like 30 miles. And there's like thousands. I mean, of when I first signed up for Bumble, it was barely like single girls that just wanted to hook up or get a girlfriend. It was a girl like with like, I'm so interested, da, 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 da. And then like slide in last sentence and my boyfriend will be there or they want. There are so many frigging guys that are using their girlfriends to snag another girl and reel them in for a three-way it is insane it's it makes up at least 90 percent of your swipes and it's like i've been on literally a date where the girl tricked me right she wanted to go out on a date she acted like she was attracted to me all that and then after like two or three dates she literally was like oh my my boyfriend's coming to pick me up and i was like what and she was like yeah um he wanted to know if like you wanted to come over and we can all hang out And I was like, no, I mean, this is not what I'm in for right now. And even if like he was more interested than she was, she was like, oh, no, I don't swing that way. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing with me on two or three dates? Like it's like he sent her out there to like scout and like disarm you where it's like, okay, like it's a girl. They're not going to hurt me. And then like have a connection almost. And then go, oh, you know, well, I want this to go somewhere. My question, I got to backtrack a little bit. What now, like you were with dudes, were you like married or just no. you just kind of with dudes? But because you, you're almost engaged, right? Were you engaged or almost? No, engaged? Um, my ex-boyfriend definitely was like looking at rings and wanted to get engaged. Um, but did you know the whole time? Like, did you know the <laughs> he whole wanted time? to lock me down because he knew something wasn't right and he was so insecure. He was like, I got to have this. Is that girl. true? You think some, that is actually going on like subconsciously where he felt like he couldn't keep your did he attention. know though like that you no, were he, he never could and i would like from the start and it, i know it sounds horrible saying that but it was like six months into the relationship i knew he was a little tapped and i'm a little tapped too but like i would like beg him to go to therapy he'd be like of course i'll do it i'll do anything to keep this and then you know a few months go by and he's like i'm not doing that so you were you always attracted to women and just yes. you were you were I'm yes. going to go down this route of this being straight because that's what I'm supposed to do. Absolutely. I, I was always attracted to women. In fact, I had a conversation with my mom, which she is remembers this, too. When I was like, I don't know, like nine years old or something, I was sitting at the top of the staircase in Hudson and I was just crying. And I was like, Mom, like, this isn't easy. Like, I wish I was a guy. I wish I was a boy. And that would make all of this so much easier. And she was like. Why do you wish you were a boy? Like, why? And I was like, you know, everything's easier. They don't have to worry about their hair. They don't have to worry about this. But I think like looking back, that was such a pivotal point of me being like, oh, just being a guy would be more accepted to like girls because clearly I'm finding an attraction in women 
at such a young age that it would just be easier if I was a guy and I, it could be acceptable to do that. Do you think your mom picked up on that? When she used to ask you if you want anything for dinner, your response was usually pussy, wasn't it? Like, I don't know if like, <laughs> she was like, is that a tuna pussy fish casserole? every night. Oh, surprisingly for like <laughs> a girl that like girls, <laughs> I hate when people are heating up tuna fish. I'm like, that is disrespectful. Get that out of here. Um, Who heats up tuna fish? <laughs> At my job, people do that people a lot. Heat up canned they, tuna. They not canned tuna, but like a tuna fish sandwich. And oh, I, I get like really a, a hot tuna fish. Oh, there's a tuna. I get mouth. really upset when people do that. It's just it's not. I respectful. only like uh, tuna in the form of sushi. Something about it yes. in the can that smell. Yeah. I I'm not I, a cat. I feel like it's cat food. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cat food, and it's it is cat it's food. offensive to me. It is offensive. So did you come up to him and go, ah, this is a problem, or did you like cheat on him because you were ashamed? Yeah. Like, oh, or, how did no, you know? No. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to oh, uh, your relationship with him, and like, let's just let's get the full story because All I right. really don't know know uh, a lot of it. And I feel like you met him. Maybe I, met I did, him. I All right. You met him met, and like met him on Grinder. Do you remember the things Grindr. like I'm not I don't want to I'm not naming any names, but like do you remember the little stories I would tell you about him? Like he was really controlling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We, we went to that brewery. We went to Dogtooth. Dogtooth, that... greater good. Greater good. Yeah. Greater good. Um but yeah. <laughs> Where's Dogtooth? Dog <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a beer name. Um it's my orthodox. But it was just <laughs> It was just weird because like if we were in a place, he was really controlling. And at first I thought it was like endearing because I came from like a household where like it literally didn't matter where you were as long as you like returned alive. That's all that mattered. But with this guy, he would check in on me all the time and be like, what are you doing now? How are you doing? And I thought it was really endearing. I was like, oh, this guy really cares about me. And he really cares about my well-being. And then I would like tell so did, people. So did Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would be telling people this, like these stories <laughs> and about like how he would like position where I'm going and like a, in like a concert or something like that. And like that's extreme. Remember that? Like he would like, like literally choreographing. You. He would like pull me certain directions. If I was talking to the freaking bartender and asked him for a drink and if I locked eyes with them too long, this guy was like, what was that? Like he, it was something I, even in my wildest dreams, I'd be like, why are you insecure about this? That it turned me off completely. And it's not to say like, I definitely have had an attraction, a connection with men. Like that's why people are like coming up to me. They're me like, too. are you I lesbian? Mean- <laughs> are you bi? I'm like, I don't know. I know I have connections with men. I have connections with women. Were you, were you in love with a man ever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I've been in love with a guy twice in my life. Yeah. yeah. So it's complicated. So it went from him controlling you at first, like, oh, this is nice. It's well, like he, kind of like organizing me. But then it gets yeah. to the point where you're like, it's making me rehearse the cha-cha slide before a wedding. Like this yeah. is this is too much control. And it started yes. turning you off. And then at that point where you like, let me just like, were you thinking, I just need to break up with him? Or are you thinking, I need to break up with him and try a woman? So it's like hard because like I'm I fully believe in like never giving up on someone and like accepting them for their flaws. But it's like a negotiation. Like there's only so much you can take and so much you should accept from somebody. Now, if you were in a less controlling relationship. Yeah. You know, so that obviously became um, suffocating as from what you're saying. Like yeah, it's become too much. too much. So did that – did he do that because that was him or what he saw the writing on the wall? Or did that – so you don't, say you don't get – you don't give up on people. Maybe that's right. a character trait of yours. It's, you know, is, is can be uh, damaging. But 
because he was so controlling, did that make the switch easier? Because if you were with a great guy, you know, out there and he's, you know, doing all the right things, working hard, you know, and then wouldn't it be that much harder if you're if you're that type of person that doesn't give up on somebody? It's like, I don't want to get he's a great guy, but I, you know, I want to really like, you know, chase the tuna, but I, I can't give up on this. Dude. That's Stevie is like. That's not a fan. That's of. the new star kiss motto. Chase that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've dated Chicken like a, I have dated a lot of good guys in my past, and I'm not even saying this guy was a bad person. But he, what was he the really thing wasn't. that you like? I you know I had it since nine. But what was the thing they go? I'm gonna completely go all in on this 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 clam chasing. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. It was the moment I I was just I kept accepting accepting the bullshit time and time again but it was finally the moment i stopped being such a pussy and like <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there and a girl came up to me why would you eat <laughs> oh so a girl came up to you though but like we were yeah. in a fucking supermarket or are you at like a no i was at a bar. bar a lesbian bar no not a lesbian Just bar a i mean it's not a lesbian bar, but my god, there are so many closeted girls there. It's okay, crazy. but so you were just at a bar by yourself or with him? Um, by myself. He went. My ex went away for the weekend, and it was like it was terrible. But I was like, oh my god, thank god, because so I you, had a couple. What seconds were your to intentions? Breathe. Were you by yourself at this bar or with a friend? I was by myself. So at what the bar. were your intentions? I was looking to get away. I was looking to get away okay. from that relationship. Yeah. Okay. And, that and not be okay. you know okay. micromanaged for a oh, little so, bit. Oh, so yeah, like a little bit. Of, he's away. He's controlling, but he's away. I'm gonna go out and just live this night, even if it's just for one night. Yeah, you know, like it makes be, me sound like a terrible person. I know because you know what happened in our relationship was really toxic, but it doesn't excuse those decisions that I made to be like, all right, well he did this, this and this. So, I, you know, it's totally fine for me to cheat on him. Like I, I got approached by a girl and it was someone I knew actually from my past that I was like shocked, totally thrown off. I had no idea that like, she, I, she, I don't know. She doesn't even identify as swinging that way. It was just kind of like in the moment we had a connection. We used to talk, boom, one thing led to another Nothing serious at all, but just that like light that flickered. Was that in your my first head. experience with a one? No. Well, and, and just no, let me backtrack just one second. From I wasn't trying to be like, what was your intention no. like? I wasn't trying to be like, what was your intention like? You were, you know, I was just being like, because was the mindset of somebody like who was close to me in a relationship and in like being a shell of themselves. And I, I'm just right. curious as to the mental. Are, are you side relating of me back to your dad? In a way, like <laughs> you know, in a way, in a it's sense of like, listen. no, as somebody who was you know in a. A, a straight relationship and then the right. mental side of how did I switch? You know, you, get, not, you get really sick of lying yeah. to yourself. Mm. You're not even like lying to that person at first. You sure. can have all the most wonderful things in the world, but you don't want to let anybody down or be like, great. Now we have to deal with this. It's like, I was so scared of letting people down and, you know, making my family see me in a different light, making my friends see me in a different light. Like I got so scared that my friends would think I'm like this queer weirdo that like won't change in front of me now because I'm like I'm like a freaking girl predator. Like I'm not going to lie. Like you have like all those anxieties about like everything will be different now. Everything. But when I came out finally, like I realized there were some people like, I know, like my mom, she literally goes, I know my sister um was the who, most shocked out was of everybody it, who was on the last episode of this podcast oh, by the way was she? Yep. so you guys can go back it's episode two go on nice <laughs> yes emily love you sorry <laughs> um but she was definitely the most shocked but not like shocked i feel like she felt ashamed that she didn't know that prior to ahead of time because you know me and emily we are 
sickly close. Like we are, if she didn't have kids or Tyler, we would be sitting next to each other right now. Like we are ridiculously close sisters. We've been through a lot of shit together and we stay the strongest, you know, sisters ever. Yeah. Did you, did you feel like it was something you were dying to say? Like, did you ever like, you know, smoke a joint and be like, oh my God, this is coming up from my consciousness. And like, yes. it's like going yeah. through my head, like say it, say it, say High like- school, high school. I would like YouTube videos of girls kissing and I would watch movies and- Just, That makes me feel old because you said when I was in high school watching YouTube, <laughs> YouTube didn't even exist when I was in Well, when school. I heard you graduate in 2002, I was like, woof, okay, we're going back. Um, Jesus I gra- Christ. I graduated high school in 2011. She's like okay. in middle school on my iPhone 10. Like I was just <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was like. They were like recommended videos for me. No. Um, yeah, no. I always was interested in girls. Like I was saying back to when I was me nine, too. just making that little that, too, yeah. that comment to my mom um, about, you know, I didn't even know like consciously I knew I liked girls, but I never I didn't know how to go about it and I knew I was always attracted to them. Well, I went through this mind fuck myself because then I go, if my dad made comments that he was like, he always knew he was gay, but my mom said like, and I'm not going to like go too into their relationship because I was young and I don't know and it's not my place to even know and I don't want to know, but my mom has expressed that, yeah, it was a normal marriage or whatever from Mm -hmm. whatever standards that would be. But he even said, and, and I think because of the time, right? You said about stuff that's more accepted and more whatever, right. sexuality is more because you can connect with people with without having to go to a bar. You can find these people and connect with them through uh, the internet or, or apps and then break the ice that way, right? But the mind fuck that I went is because he grew up, you know, was born in 1955. His father was, an, uh, you know, my his father, my grandfather, a Sicilian immigrant that, uh, you know, it it was like, you don't, you don't, you're not, you know, you're shunned. You're like, it's not okay. Right. So you're literally working to be accepted. He literally did not come out of the closet until his father passed away. And I think that was kind of, the bold, the, the start of it. Now I think, and I go, and the if Sicilian he never sh- mob started coming after him. Like there was no way he was going to come out. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, the it, and it's just like, and I think I like, he never struggled with it. I'm not here. I don't exist. And, I go, and then I like start going, oh my God, you know, uh, like, I shouldn't be here. Like uh, whatever, maybe it's meant to be, or, or you know, all that stuff. And it, it's kind of a mind fuck in that sense and the ripple effect. And then you think about when he comes like, what, pe- what are people going to think about me and our family and my upbringing? And, and then it's like, who gives a fuck? He was a great dad, right? And by dad standards. And he didn't fake any of that. He didn't no, fake being a good dad. No. And that's what I'm I sure talked he about. He didn't fake the love he had for your mom. Yes. Right? They had, I mean, they had, a, and they still were friends after they had a little rocky when they got divorced, but then they had started having grandkids together and they came back and they were always really good friends up until his death. And so I don't know, like he was always a great dad. And that's why I talked about it as eulogy, as, as funeral. I was like, you know, he was a great dad. Like, that's all I really care about. When did he die? Uh, 20, 2021. So oh, not, not uh, too long ago, right? Uh, in pretty, he wasn't really didn't have any health ailments and died of a heart attack, right? So then that now I'm like, you know, worried about myself because I'm fat and shit. But um no, but like I'm as you can see, I make everything about myself. But to, to go back to <laughs> You're it a though, comedian, that's normal. <laughs> right? And so to go back to it though, it's like, I don't know, man, it was just like everything what everybody else is gonna think and what everything you know, and it's kind of from the other side, right? I'm not the person that came out. My dad did, but you know, you're thinking, what is it going to do to my family? What, you know, and it does. Mm-hmm. It, and it's just like, there are things, but then I got to a point where I don't give a fuck and I'm, it is what it is. Right. And, yeah. you know, but then there's like, you know, like you, 
as a kid and as a boy, right? Your father's supposed to be a macho man that works, you know, all day, and you know, it's you know, this blue collar or you know, like and his, but he's a wedding planner. Ooh, works, drinks all day, you know. It's interchangeable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but the, the cookie cutter, what is a dad supposed to be? And that, and, and a gay man can't raise a straight man, right? And and, and things like that. Dude, right? it's so funny because my situation was like the exact inverse of yeah. this. Me being gay and then having an Italian, Sicilian, macho, blue collar like my dad father. and his son. I mean, I'm sorry. My dad and his father, you know, that yeah. situation. So like my, my grandfather, my dad's father was like another echelon up of the traditional italian right. values you know i'll show you a ball bag you can't refuse like <laughs> that, that kind of stuff where it's like growing up i gotta be careful what i say because my dad was a great dad but he had a lot of those old-fashioned views where growing up it would be like oh he's soft that guy's soft right, right. or it's like little light in the loafers yeah it, exactly or it's like <laughs> It was always like subconsciously implied, but that implied that that wasn't acceptable. And I grew up kind of in that environment where I even remember having a situation when I was a kid telling my parents after I had a dream, I was like, oh, I had a dream that I was k- kissing a guy. Really? And then like, I know that probably like set my dad off. My wow. dad, so my dad had a tough time with anything that happened in life that was like unexpected, like stuff that you think that didn't abide by his plan, didn't, didn't abide by his plan stuff. That's like, so like not a big deal, but it would absolutely destroy him. Like, for example, he was, he's always loved basketball and he was always coaching basketball when we were growing up and he was positioning to get the high school varsity basketball coach job. He was already assistant coach. He was connected into that world his entire life and he was waiting and waiting to get it and he already told all these people that he was a shoo-in he was going to be the high school basketball varsity coach the following season and they ended up giving the job to uh, a teacher someone who is connected to the school which that happens a lot and that person's going to get priority like it's not personal but even that happening to him like set him into a deep depression like he couldn't handle the fact that he thought that people were expecting him to take this position and he thought this is how his life was going to go and it took a, a turn. But logically, you just think, apply for a position at a different school. Like right. high schools, but they're that everywhere. Was, that was his. So when he didn't get what he rightfully so thought was his, he worked for it. That it, kind of sent him over the Expectation is the leading form of resentment. Leading yeah. cause of resentment, yeah. I mean. Either you, there's a saying like, like either you have zero insistence or total resistance. So like he was yeah. always insisting on certain outcomes in life. And when it didn't happen that way, it would crush him. Not to the point where it's like, oh, I'm bummed out, like depressed, can't get off the couch, right. like can't get off the couch. I don't think I'm going to be able to get off this couch. <laughs> so that's, that's an example of one of the things that set him off. So when I came out as gay, so I was actually, you always knew you were gay from, from the jump. Whenever, yeah. So, like, funny enough, uh, I remember going to uh, Togo Palazzi. I don't know if you remember him. He was like a Celtics player. He had a basketball camp at Asabit, and I went there. Trash a bit. I, I Just kidding. It's the vocational school. I, like, I drove past that sign. <laughs> yeah. When I was now everyone up to that wherever went there. Wherever the fuck we are right now, 
And I saw acid. I'm like, what the fuck? Is it that? was known as Trash a Bit where we were growing up, but now everyone that went there is making way more money than and the kids no, that it, actually went to college. Like no, me. It's, it's not even so, just not even just that. It's us. become a way way better school. Yeah, I'm gonna send my uh, push my son to go to a trade school just because uh, I was raised by a you gay should. man, <laughs> and I can tie a fucking tie, but I can't and fucking plant some flowers. But I cannot fix a fucking thing in my house. So I'm like, and plumbers, you know, the average age of plumbers are 62 years old. So it's a, it's such a need. But I mean, I'm gonna see, you know, obviously, whatever the fuck he wants to do. You know, I don't care. But uh, you know, that's it's a good, tr- you know, thing to go down. But like, I, I was raised by a gay dude. Like, I can use somebody who knows how to fix my fucking toilet living in my house. You know, I can do interior design. Stevie, can you fix a toilet? Actually, I can because I ran an Airbnb in LA for five (laughs) or six years and I did everything because I didn't want to pay out for a cleaner or anything. So I would basically run a four bedroom house in Hollywood, like a block from Hollywood Boulevard. And I would go there every morning and like flip this place like it was a halfway house. Anything that needed to be fixed. I was like, I'm not this like blue collar hands-on person i'm like i guess i'm gonna learn how to fix a tub like because i literally have to or i'm gonna lose money so what you're saying is my generalization of all gay men can't be handyman is a complete well bigot bigoted outlook on life i think when you put a gay man under duress where it's like (laughs) you better fix that damn toilet like money is money whether you're gay or not you do not want to lose money (laughs) they say doesn't like a flower grow under pressure or like whatever that saying yeah, is rose from the grew from the concrete honestly that that that's true of like most of the skills i've learned i got hired uh, at a executive recruitment company they're making me do it and i'm also not that savvy with it but i was like i guess i'm rebooting the server like because it's like <laughs> Just, what else are you supposed oh to dude do? this is a funny story so i i worked in an office of mostly middle to uh advanced aged women uh and uh, I'm in sales and I'm doing it or whatever because hotel sales is what I, my day job. And, 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 you know, it's primarily women who work in that field, right? And because like my dad sold weddings at a hotel and like that's how I got into it. Anyways, long, big setup for a bad joke. But they used to, because I was the youngest, they just thought I knew everything about computers, right? So uh, they would be like, oh, my computer's doing this. I would just like literally on my phone Google it right. and then fix it. And they just thought I had that knowledge in my head. And I just was walking around no, life knowing how to fix fucking everything. It was just like, I just yeah, Googled it. I have an 82-year-old friend who, like, anytime she needs help with something, like, it's always like, wow, you're a real tech whiz. It's like, no, I turned on the microwave. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> now put your teeth back in. I, t- and yeah, I turned it off and turned it back on again. It's like old people are very impressed. Oh, you're a tech whiz. Like, press power. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyways, but back to you, you were talking about so, the basketball game. Togo, Togo Palazzi. <laughs> yeah. Togo Palazzi. Basketball camp. It was actually Togo's gay basketball <laughs> camp, which was weird. It, it was a Togo gay, Palazzi gay like, camp. basketball for, for gays and queers. <laughs> yeah. I went there and I remember there was um, there's twins there. That I was like, oh, these kids are cute. I was also a child's age. <laughs> I was a coach. No, uh, I, was also, <laughs> I was 32. I was, I it was last week. I saw those kids and... Like, I saw other guys there and I was like, oh, the. Well, what I, did you I'm say? Like, like well, there's two of them. So if I, I strike out with one, I, I got another shot. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember. Or one That's my first memory. Two of for like, one special. Oh, my first memory of like, oh, like they're attractive. How old were you? Fifth grade, maybe? Fifth grade? So that was your first record. And then from then on, it was like, now when did you come out? Like. So, okay. Uh, fifth grade, let's say fifth, sixth grade, I was like, okay, like I, I'm, I'm getting attracted to guys. And. 
not ready to confront that at all. So I just went through. I'd say and you from, didn't go to like make me not gay camp because I've heard of great success with that. Oh, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, like I think a part of me was like, I'm not going to force it. Like, yeah, my uh, parents actually tried to send me to a conversion camp because I was having trouble really? with, with fractions. But uh, I came back even <laughs> came back even nice. more focused on holes. nice holes with the W. So they really tried <laughs> to do that too? No, 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 oh, they, okay. they didn't. Just a joke. So it's like uh, I'm the middle child. I have two uh, two brothers. It was a very uh, traditional masculine yeah. uh, dominated Sicilian, family. Italian. Sicilian Italian. It's a type of like it. my mom gave birth and my dad barged through like the delivery room with like hockey stick basketball. So yeah. it's like yeah. you're a guy. You're like this is you're going to be a guy like this. So probably from sixth grade, uh, I developed these attractions. I was noticing them and then I was probably repressing them at that point. And I wasn't fully going through puberty at that point either. So it was kind of like, I'm noticing it, but it's like, whatever, I don't have to like deal with this yet. Like, I don't know if you were like good at hiding it, but like, obviously Stevie was really close with my sister growing up and to the point where Stevie was coming around a lot to our house that like my dad's like, Oh wow, this boy keeps coming over our house with Emily. Like who is this guy? And then you know, you came to the Red Sox games with us. You would do things with my family and I. Yeah. And I just kept being like, oh, this is going to be Emily's new boyfriend. Like, I gen, I oh, genuinely, I just, I remember, like, I mean, you're a good guy to some extent. Um, I just was like, oh, this is just, like, an emotionally available man. Like, there was nothing different about it that was like, oh, no, he must be gay. Like, not even an inkling. Like, at 12, 13 See, years old, did I ever think you were gay? I don't think I was focusing on that at the time. It doesn't fucking I mean, same, matter same, to me. Th same thing know? with you. It was never on my radar. But for me, I had... So and I come in with my basketball jersey, and <laughs> well, you're everybody's like, oh, thinking, no, no. Everybody's thinking, like, you know, like... Everybody's always thinking about you. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's nobody gives a shit. It's like really. if you're if you're thinking everybody's about, in their own fucking head all like, the time. With the, right. with, exactly. except, with the exception of your children, if you're thinking about another human more than yourself, you have a problem. In ninety nine percent of the time, I'm comparing my insides with your outsides, and your insides are probably more fucked than my you know insides are. You know if that makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. my internal dialogue, I'm I'm comparing with your outer do dialogue, right. and you're just putting on a front too. We're all in our own fucking heads. Nobody gives a shit about what anybody's doing. You're like, what am I going to wear? But we think everybody's. It's like everybody's thinking yeah. about Ooh, what are they they're thinking? doing the same yeah. exact thing. Exactly. So while you're worried yeah. that someone else is thinking about it, they are having the same experience the, and, and as you. Is like, am I doing the right thing? And, and, Did this person like me? It's like if you go around the world like thinking the same thing, like. They're not even fucking paying attention to me. What makes you so inclined that they are analyzing you head to toe? It's like they're doing the same thing and about most, themselves. So let's try and make each other like comfortable with one another and comfortable with ourselves because that's the hardest thing to and do. In most people really when you say what are they going to think if I come out of the closet? Most fucking people will maybe hate or, or whatever, but they're really fucking jealous that you can be your fucking self yourself, and they gotta right. lie to themselves so they're happy in their whatever fucking marriage and or, or whatever their situation their job or whatever and you're doing your thing 95% of the hate is just jealousy right but um it's or closeted gays yeah. you know yeah. no, I know a lot I, of no, homophobic that. people that I'm like you are one to talk it's like, like, it's like why are you focusing this is me being like uh, I hate lesbians so much or whatever it's like I love I, lesbians why, why, I watch Fucking all their movies. Why? Why would I be? I stole like, that. Stole that line. But like straight, get who straight, from? But straight guys that are like, I hate gay people or whatever. Uh, 
prejudices they're displaying. It's like, why are you thinking about me? You should be thinking about women if you're straight. Like, yeah. I'm not thinking about what other people do. It's like, I'm focusing on what is naturally appealing to me. Right. It's funny you say that, that like, there's the classic jokes of like guys like loving lesbians. And I will say, like women are like the biggest haters of lesbians. Lesbians hate lesbians. Like, but when it comes to it's true men, of, it's true of the gay doesn't matter. Yeah. Straight, gay, bi, whatever. Like men, it, I can go to dinner with my girlfriend and we're holding hands or asking what we want to eat tonight, and it's tuna fish, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and um, and we just literally get glares the whole time at the restaurant or like the. We get well, not, head, not, we get literal head nods. No, yeah, no, not all and winking and winking. Not all glares. Yeah, you were staring at me yeah, at the car, so yeah, that's different. I got out at the same time. I saw. I just. I thought I was. I was like, you know what? We locked. I go. I, who is this old man? Like, and he's chilling <laughs> by the children's you, playground. No, you, you, you. We both like. We just got out and looked, and we locked, and I was like, I think I just gave off creep vibes. Like I think I did. You know. I, well, we, you guys literally like. Walked from two different directions and like met at the same <laughs> and time. And we were going, like, I was like, oh my God, he's following me. Or like, he's going to ask if I want to go down the swing out there. It's not <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm not a swinger. so Not a swinger. Like download field. But it, it's, it, it will, it is very strange. Like it's can be flat. I don't know if it's, a, it's flattering sometimes. Cause I'm but like, oh, obviously I'm somewhat good looking that you're looking at me. But at the same time, zero privacy when we go out zero it's, it's fetishized where it's yeah. like oh two girls like yeah. yeah so you guys are just gonna go home and you know i'll look disgusting like and and- eating a burger mustard and ketchup on my face like well, i look that. gross and they're just like drooling at their table and sometimes it's so uncomfortable i'm like let's just get out of here let's go which sucks because like then you have to go back to your house and it's just you and that other person and you don't want to isolate yourself like that yeah well, the other thing, I want to go back to one thing you said earlier about like you were born, your dad came into the the the, the uh, delivery room. delivery room with you know hockey stick or whatever metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I didn't think, take it literally, like but but to so but <laughs> but to my <laughs> to my point earlier when I said you know make it about me again, I said like oh, I was raised by a gay man, so I don't know how to fix shit, right? People who want to learn how to fix shit are going to fix shit. People who are gay are going to be gay. People who want to play sports that are gay are going to fucking play sports. It doesn't really matter. You know, yes, I will be more inclined to do like my father worked in hotel sales. I work in hotel sales. He was a huge gardener. I love to garden. I am a fucking tomato garden. I, I love, you know, whatever. Not as much to extent of him. But so you do pick up certain things. But yeah. literally not. You don't have as much fucking influence on your kids as you think you do. Yeah. My, that's and- cool. And also it's And we do put too much blame on our parents too for what they did to us. It's like get over yourself. You your know? your dad could have been like doing construction or doing traditional masculine things. I know plenty of gay guys that do those type of traditional masculine yes. things. I think because I'm more of a creative, I just view things like I'll do manual labor mm-hmm. if I have to, but I'm not like can't wait to like clean the lawn like i i have I'm a, more like i want to make something you know i have a lot of my friends who are in the trades and it's great because you know i'll have like my bathrobe on and they'll be fixing my, <laughs> you know my whatever and and you know but I, I like to give them the work you know if they're doing it in my house or whatever but it's just like that's not because my dad was gay you know what i'm yeah. saying right, like right. it was because what he, came you know, first the chicken or the egg uh, we, you, know? It, you know it's like i i just didn't and then my grandfather could fix fucking anything and yeah. i hung out with him a lot Which when I was a kid. Couldn't fix a gay son. Exactly. And I just did not pay attention to him. He used right. to, he could fix a cheap Sicilian immigrant. And him, he was raised with seven brothers off the boat. 
and they, you know, they had a fan for themselves. They, they couldn't afford to buy right. new shit, so they had to fix it, fix cars or whatever. And he tried to teach me when I was a kid, and I was like, "Fuck off!" You know, I'd rather do whatever. We would hang out, and I'd help him mow lawns and stuff like that. But I never listened to him. so people who. But if I wanted to and I listened to him, I would be in a much better position today to fix shit and do that. But I wasn't into it just because you were raised by these certain people doesn't that do certain things. Yeah, you might be more inclined to to follow in their footsteps in certain aspects, right. but it's but not you, yeah. set in stone. You might be a learner that uh, learns a, di- a different style. So it's like, for me, I actually have to be doing it. I could watch you like fix the fridge a hundred times, but I need to be doing it myself right. for those steps to be internalized. Like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, everyone is different the way it learns. And, and the people in the, the, the my friends of mine that are in the trades, they, they'll make jokes and stuff. And I'll always say like, oh, my salesman hands, you know, they don't they have never picked up a hammer. Or my friend well, will say, I, hands. no, I don't have small hands. They're just not like, like not full with grease and stuff. No, there's nothing to do with the size of the look of them. It's the, the fact that they don't. You know, it's how you use them. Yeah. yeah, no. They're, I will I mean, say that's like one of the biggest thing that attracts me to my girlfriend right now is she is like, in local seven iron worker she could fix anything under the sun hang it i can even hang up like a photo frame without like making it look crooked so it's really nice like having someone that it can do anything themselves and it's a woman you know it's not a man and a lot of women date guys so that they can help them set up their tv stand and everything it's definitely a, a bonus and there's very something there's something very sexy about being able to do something yourself you gain yeah. that self-confidence and i like, talked about this too with a fan, friend of mine like you know. traditional gender roles are not like that's not a bad thing like no. I'm not saying that they have to be pushed upon us but if a woman wants to be a stay-at-home mom in a homemaker that's okay if that's her choice As, but it gets almost now that they were on the other side of like you know that everything needs to be accepted which I'm totally on board with but also when it's traditional it, that's still okay too, it's like a survival sense. tactic too like men used to be hunters and women were the gatherers Dude, you ever looked at, like, and, and that's kind of like developing the that's how like you know developing those gender roles it didn't come out of nowhere a lot of that used to be survival tactics like how are you going to survive in the world and then a lot of it became oh no that's just that's how it is no matter what lions like women do fuck they raise the kids they hunt for the food men fuck men can't fight a baby they fucking fight there's there's biology to that men can't have a baby women can have a baby men are physically stronger than women. Like there is simple biology to these things. I think people, you know, or not people, but like maybe the whole gender role thing just kind of got run through a little bit too much and not actually dissected for where it was. Well, that's the problem too. Is like when, when you're, you're born as a woman who can, I think you're internally wired that way from your genetics. And that's just who you are. Your girlfriend or fiance or whatever it is, is she's inclined to be able to fix stuff, you know, but Back 50 years ago, if you were – you just – no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Now it's just accepted to do whatever you want. But if she was wired to be a, a straight woman that stayed at home mom and, do, and be a homemaker and a mother, and then, that's fine. That's great too. Right. Like everything's okay. But, However yeah, you got to do it, do it. Yeah. I think matter. we've had so much inequality with men and women historically that now when it's like, well, my wife's a stay-at-home mom. What, she needs to be able to work. What do you think? You're the only gets to work. But there's people that that feels authentic for them. Yeah. and. It, we don't have to be having toxicity amongst the genders and against the genders because right. the more like the genders are at odds with one another instead of blending mm-hmm. naturally, the more issues there are. Because when you have you hear about when women become too masculine, masculinized and it's like, no, I'm a boss bitch. Like, I don't want a man to do this right. for me. I don't. 
it's that's fine if that's your nature. But if you're doing that because you're trying to overcompensate or you feel like you were wronged in some way, you're also doing a disservice to yourself, I think, because you're going against your nature because of politics or culture or whatever it is. So my grandfather, who was a Sicilian immigrant, very chiseled, like, you know, men, men, whatever. You, you know, if you ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, it's like the way he showed his love was fixing something for you. He right. wasn't. He didn't kiss you. He didn't that, hug that's you. That's his love language. Yes, that's his love language. Right. You know, so acts he, of service. Yeah, his was acts of homophobia. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, beating beating up gays. I mean, that was one of his favorite pastimes. Um, aww, no, aww. so sweet. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, he would like he would buy when I was a kid. He was so you know, he would go to a fucking yard sale, and he would buy a. He bought me a girl's bike, brought it home, fixed it you know, whatever, did everything and painted it red. And then when it started chipping, it was pink. I mean, he bought me a girl's butt, you know, but that was his way to show me, like, he never hugged me. I don't think he hugged me once oh. in my life, but he would do shit like that. So every, but that's yeah. okay. You know, but that's how he, you know, you. so it's like, I think some, and then I might, <laughs> might have to edit this. It's not like out. he never loved you. Right. Like he showed it in different ways. He never told me he loved me, but I knew he did. Right. And right. at the same time too, this might need to get edited out for, you know, but I think a, 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 a little, you need, a little bit of toxic masculinity in your life. I think it's there's some positive to that. There is tos- toxic femininity too. There's mm-hmm. there's toxicity everywhere, right? But right. I feel like I don't know like you almost need to see the dark side to understand how you're supposed to be, right? So it yeah. seems like an extreme way. Like there's yeah. you could literally swing an extreme feminist way, an extreme masculine way. You think that that is like that's ne- a necessity. To, to, to understand have that. the importance of balance, I feel that I just maybe a positive spin. I'm not saying you should be toxic, you know, or use toxic masculinity or, or or force it or whatever. But I'm saying the fact that it exists, like people stay sober because people relapse, right? Right. People become better men. Men become better men because they see pieces of shit, right? It, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so women become I'm better sp- women because they yeah. see, you know. Women's being rights, happy with yourself. you know, exactly. And really, being happy with yourself. Yeah, you, totally. Getting the extreme dosage of masculinity has empowered you and to given dial you, it the, back, given right? you the you know. skills in a lot of ways where it's like, no, 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 let him like choose what color he wants his room to be. Let's not just paint it blue. Like let him choose what I'm choosing. Yeah. You're saying that having that being, it was, has been a lot of your framework of how you operate yeah. your life. And it's given you that willpower to be like, no, I know I can also use it's like I can go meditate every single day for three hours until I dissociate from my ego and go, well, I can't have a drink because I am the drink. Or you know that like the more masculine approach, I'm going to use my brute willpower and force to not have a drink or whatever it is to keep yourself accountable. And that's what works for you. And it's not toxic because it's might be further into the masculine side of the spectrum. It's like we don't all have to be existing at the exact center point. We are all somewhere on that but it doesn't mean we're all in the middle of it no absolutely not like in some people swing one extreme to the next i grew up with a single dad who you know was very masculine he made jokes all the time that like if me or my sister ended up being gay he would send us to a camp you and your sister i don't know if he i think he was kidding maybe but no, uh, it's just yes. you and your sister. So yeah, there's no boys me. involved, single nope. dad. Nope, just me and my now, sister. Now, can I ask why? Was he a single dad? Is your, you know, so, oh, you know, single dad, you, you've talked about your mother. So your mother's around. and Yeah, my mom and my dad now? were kind of like, they always said like oil and water. Um, yeah. It just, they, they, to, they, they both were never were in the young. right headspace to be with one another. And they split up when I was really young. Okay. Yeah, my mom um, and my dad finally got divorced in first grade. 
And my well, sister they were, got they were together young, huh? Huh? They, when did they get married? In kindergarten? They got divorced in first grade? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, so, okay. no, when I was you know, in you're first not grade. you these blocks, then this, you don't have the building blocks. Listen, so listen. I grew up with a single toddler. No, so my dad a single was, a, was a single. They got divorced in the first grade. It's got rough quick. Let me talk. All right. So, my dad was a single dad, and he taught. about me. My sister was very girly, I guess. Like, I was always, like, watching him do yard work, and he made me mow the lawn barefoot when I was, like, nine, ten years old. Everyone's honking their horns like yeah you go dad I'm helping my dad with the lawn I like to watch him how he pays bills like how he just like goes out to bars and he can talk he can basically go up and talk to anybody and I feel like I got a little bit of that aspect from him and I thought that was so cool and there was a I developed a lot of my masculine skill traits from my dad that I wouldn't want to take back I love them my sister on the other hand was like ew I don't want to do lawn work or you know wasn't really as interested in that as I was. But I mean, I did ever, I did a lot of stuff. Like I was the one always cleaning the house, doing the dishes, laundry. Like you should have been. Yeah. Going yeah. where I should have been. No, well, we didn't learn how to, how to cook because my mom was never around. So my dad would be like, do you want a baked potato in the, in the microwave well, or a hot dog? Well, that's the other thing. Like me saying that all, uh, all you know, I, I don't know how to, you know, fix stuff because my dad was gay. Like my wife cannot cook. She cannot. My, no. I am. I'm a very good cook, and I'm teaching. Make sure my kids know how to cook because I, that's how I show love. I cook. Right. You know, I'll bake you. My friend had a baby. I, I think that's a huge love language. Cooking for somebody. Oh no, I. It's one of my favorite things to do. I. Um. My friend had a baby. I dropped off a fucking lasagna to his house. Like that's yeah. you know, like hey, you know, I know it's having a baby, you have a couple of kids. You know, that's that's how I show love. I the time it, and the effort you put into yeah. it, and you're putting it for somebody else, not even for you to enjoy for someone else. I think it's a very self selfless act it's a beautiful thing that cooks for somebody else anyways but you know and growing up though like you said like the, the it's I, I still go back to the point like I, just because you're in a certain atmosphere you could or environment you could tend to go a, a way or another because oh i was raised by this person that does this and is like that but like you for instance you're Sister was a little bit more girly. You were, you know, you adapt. From the jump. Exactly. Did my so hair and makeup in like third grade. She wanted to wax my eyebrows in fifth grade. I'm like, whoa. All right, let's I, settle down. I always viewed you as like just as girly. I mean, you really? pe- you peed standing up. But it's like, that's that you do you. <laughs> like if that's what you like. I mean, I met her at the urinal. I was like, she seems like a nice girl. Yeah. Uh, my family, it, it was the same type of way where there was a standard of how a guy was supposed to be and. I guess we put way too much pressure on our kids as fucking adults, man. Yeah. And parents. My, my well, also parents like are getting way. so much pressure of like, this yeah. is the way you got to teach your kid. That's, and I'm now just, we're getting pressure from it's brutal. not just your family. It's from like Instagram. And I'm not even a parent, <laughs> yeah. but I look around and I'm like, settle down. Like my dad probably had me on his lap in the car of a driver's seat and I turned out just fine. Look at me. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> well, define just, just seeing, fine. No. Right. I mean, you just, hit you hit the pole and you pulled in like, yeah, I have <laughs> minor brain damage. It's not a big deal. But like, seriously, like people are way too hard on parents about how to raise their kids. It's, it's out of control. Before when it's used to compare yourself to the other parents on the playground or school right. functions. Now you're comparing yourself to the whole world. Yeah, we used yeah. to just go to church Constantly. on Sunday and, and compare to people. Now it's like at all times, right? It, your, church yeah. Sundays, that's yeah. when it would all go down? No, but that's just like... The, sizing people up. Like, yeah, that was like the where people sized people up back in the day, right? Really? It was like Sunday yeah. best. They go beat the shit out of their kids all week and then show up to... 
to 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 su- like Sunday. my kid's way more battered than yeah. your kid. Like yeah, you like know, or step it up. they have the you know the the nicest clothes and it's all the yeah. keep up appearances to look like everything's okay. But then they have the most toxic or however you want to put it. I or love dysfunctional. God more. Yeah. yeah, I remember uh, my my dad said at one point when I was in like high school. So like I started I'm. Remember, like, we had to start lifting at school, like, because it was on the basketball team. So we had to lift. And I was like, I can't even lift the bar. Like, what? I can't even open. The, I can't even open the door to the gym. Like, yeah. I just, like, was weak. So I started, like, lifting with my dad. And we bonded over that. But I remember he said one time, he's like, don't, uh, don't ever, uh, don't ever come home uh, if you're drunk, if you're high, or if you're gay. No. And I was like, well, um, two of those things I pregame before I started <laughs> lifting. I'm actually all of those right now. <laughs> uh, but like, I was like, that's kind of weird. That's not usually, Dare's slo- slogan isn't like, no drugs, no alcohol, no homosexuality. But like, that's what he- That's actually like, like you know, like uh, play like a champion today. It was like right in the locker room. It was like, <laughs> no dicks. Yeah. No no dicks. You got to, if you want to be in this, us. No, no. Basically, basically no. don't put anything in your mouth. Yeah. Like, so I remember he said that and that was the first time that it was like really verbalized and like really spelled out. Like, you know, wow. after I said that a few years before I had a dream about kissing a guy, he had to be very direct. He's like, no more metaphors or analogies. No, well, I, I didn't, never had to worry about it because it skips a generation. It's the gay. That could like, be true. The, the disease my daughter of the gay. gay. Well, yeah. I I have a can't wait. I'll be I have, for it. I have a lesbian. <laughs> I have a lesbian cousin on my dad's side and a gay Same. uncle on my mom's side so it's like is there is there like dormant genes that are like can pair up or like closeted chromosomes i have a bit oh there's definitely a genetic component like twins or like yeah it definitely runs in the family somehow and whether or not you find out is it's like my dad we're still waiting on my dad getting upset that i'm gay it's like these are your genes. <laughs> like, right. Come on now. You gave me the gay, like whether your, or not you're gay or not. Your closeted chromosomes made this. Right. Well, how many more people w- like would be like, I don't know, like it's so much more acceptable now. Like even when I say my daddy, he kept it stuffed down because he was not supposed to, it was not okay. The time he lived in, everything like that. You know, I just don't know how many more people would now. It's I guess it's happening more now. It definitely feels like there's more acceptance and there is to some degree, but I was living in uh, Southern California for the last 10 years and the acceptance that is portrayed there or people believe there is in the rest of the world is not accurate. So it's like you have your major cities that are these sanctuaries for uh, LGBT people and the people in these cities, I feel like they do not have an accurate view how the rest of the world still views mm. being gay. Like we've definitely made progress. We're not like there's not as many hate crimes and there's gay marriage is legal and there's definitely progress that's been made. But once you leave these cities and go to more rural areas or in yeah. not and like we're in the northeast right now, we're not like in the south. But I was substituting uh, at schools over the last few months. And all the kids are still using like uh, gay uh, slurs and using oh, yeah. that using it as an insult. Right. And but does that offend you? It doesn't offend me because it like it was weird because I felt like I was working. You at guys the, are still on that. Like, haven't you updated your comedy at all? Or yeah, like the kids would say like, "Mr. D, like you're my favorite sub," but then I hear them like insulting each other for being gay. I was like, your favorite sub's a cock smooch. Like, how are you going <laughs> to reconcile that? My, your favorite sub is a cum slut. <laughs> uh, like, I didn't... 
it didn't like hurt my feelings, but it almost felt like I was back in the closet in some way. Right. These, these were sixth and seventh graders, so like, but I do they even understand it though? I'm like, not like, saying it's okay, but so. like, no, you don't they, know I, what I don't doing. take it personally, and also I wasn't gonna like talk about like my personal life with kids that age anyways. Right. So like, I didn't. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't Screw your social studies. But, Here's how to but suck they, a but car. they started it, so like, you know. I didn't. I didn't want to like. Tell, talk about my personal life with them anyways even if like i had a girlfriend or a wife like i wasn't going to talk to them about that anyways yeah. right. just because of their age but like it did make me feel kind of like oh i wasn't expecting kids to still kind of be like that sure and and that's it, still stigma it, like that's still they're still saying like this is funny because this is wrong it's like you're less than so that's right. that's the joke and like they have different vernacular now it's like zesty it's like oh he's being zesty what? it's like it's like they have a lot of different words I've now. Never it's even like, heard oh, that. like he's being zesty. Like that's like he's being, he's acting gay. So like they, wow. ha- they have those kind of words that they use. I'm like, oh, I like that. Like I'm gonna start using that. That's like, a very nice way of saying gay. Like I'm just zesty. It's like, oh, he's being zesty, or it's like everything's on God, Spicy. on God. So it's like, it's like <laughs> on God, no crosses. So like, I like no cap. Is that still uh, no, a thing? No cap, like isn't as popular. It's it's on oh. God, no crosses. So like I would use that sometimes. Like, what does guys, no crosses mean? It means like. No crisscross applesauce. Exactly. Yeah, it's like I you can't. So. It's like if I've you told me either. you're a millionaire and you're like, I am like on God, no crosses. Like you swear to God and like you can't be crossing your fingers or anything. Well, we had yeah. dumb shit. Well, I, I want to yeah. say we had dumb shit because I'm an old man. So we probably had different shit. But we all it, every it, generation. Has. It's right. yeah, it's all the same idea. So it's like the right. kids. I, I liked being around them. It's like it's funny. And I love when anyone is like animated and being funny and being themselves. I love that. But just hearing like. Like zesty, even I was like, whatever, like that doesn't bother me. But hearing a kid like, what are you like, gay dude? Like, get away from me, like that kind of stuff. It's like that would piss me off. I found that, that would to really be like, I should have beat the shit out of the six. I just kind of seriously. I don't know. I was like, I'm going to stuff kidding. myself into a locker. Like, I can't be <laughs> anymore. It gave me a lot of flashbacks. No, I mean, I work with kids, um, you know, on the spectrum or with disabilities. So it's definitely a little different there. But um, I also work at a school where it's not just kids on the spectrum. It's kids not on the spectrum that have behavioral disorders, came from really bad homes, came from, you know, juvie, all of that. And that's where I run into a lot of that, like, homophobic talk and, you know, racist talk, all of it. I mean, like, that never goes away just in society. Like, people are still writing, you know, threats in the bathroom or Nazi signs and, like, I that's mean, Taylor's old as time. It's like, you know, that's all based on their own. Just like update your comedy a little bit. It's a little like old. Yeah. Know? And also it's be, it's obviously the demographics. I think if I was subbing at a private school in uh, Santa Monica or Beverly Hills, <laughs> Acid, it's pr- probably Trash still like that. Where, where the school I was at, I'm assuming they had parents that were kind, that kind of talk like that at home. So they, they have to learn, learn it from somewhere. They learn it from somewhere. Well, you'd absolutely. be surprised at what kids can learn from stupid YouTube and shit. You know, yeah. 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 We didn't have that. I mean, no. maybe you definitely didn't have that growing up. But like. <laughs> when I was reading the hieroglyphics on the wall. Cuneiform. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to read through the bathroom stalls. No. Um, and, and Stevie, would you say like it, going back to West Western L.A., right? Would you say that's the same there that like if you were to substitute there, you would never hear stuff like that? Or I think you'd hear a lot less of it because I feel like those schools have a zero tolerance policy for it. It's like really? if you call someone a fag or faggot, we can consider that a hate crime and you're out of the school. Like wow. I think they just have way more zero tolerance. Like it's for them, it's the same thing as like saying the N word. Mm-hmm. But I feel like 
and other schools, it's, it's kind of one of those things where they have like every, the hallways had signs like we are a no, zero tolerance. Oh yeah. Like we, we support LGBT <laughs> and everything. And when you're here, you're gay too. Yeah. But it's like the kids weren't acting like that. And you can't blame the kids. They're, they're learning it from somewhere. And it's also mm-hmm. like amplified when they're in that group mentality. So I think we are seeing it being weeded out more and more when they have kids. Let's say there's even 50% less of that. Like they're not saying the full faggot. Maybe they're saying faget. You need to like have some understanding of like people who are at least willing to, you, you can't just be like, that's a hate crime. You're out of the fucking school. Like there, need, there needs to be some like yeah, softer like understanding on that like because they don't even understand what it means exactly, at the time like you repeat whatever bad word it's like a lot of reinforcement i'm in aba so that's all i think yeah. about is like if you get bad reactions or a ooh or a don't say that especially when you're a kid trying to get attention you're like that's my golden ticket i'm gonna yeah. say that all the time yeah. even though they don't know what the hell it means yeah. I called my dad a dumbass when I was like in fifth grade. I had no idea what it meant. My dad chased me around that house. Like I was like, was my he life, being a dumbass? My he was totally being a dumbass. Then it's kind of on him. So did my son learned. My, my, my son's six. Touché. My son's six. He just learned the word dickhead somehow. Wasn't me. Swear Where to God. Where do you think it's from? On crosses, all God, no God, whatever the fuck. On cross, no. on God, on God, no, no God, no God, all crosses, all crosses, no God. That's mine. All but cross, he was just no like so, it was at my like cousin's house, or whatever, and they were you know drinking, you know, cooking out. Somebody might have said it. You're a dickhead or whatever. And uh, so it was dude, like he was six years like stop being a dickhead. It was hilarious, and I laughed, so and I'm like shit, I should stop. Right, because then they're like, ooh, they laughed. Yeah, oh, dad laughed because dad's funny. And dad's, you know, in every six-year-old boy, like, you know, their dad is a superhero, right? The idol. Like, yeah. Yeah, So it's like, unless he's a a gay. (laughs) He's Wonder Woman. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I try to view, like, even this experience in the school and the fact that it's making me uncomfortable that they're talking like that. And it's giving me flashbacks to when I was in middle school or high school. I try to look at that from the most uh, holistic perspective and it was like what does this mean for me obviously i still have internalized shame that i can't just be like guys i'm gay you you can't be saying that instead like i'm like yeah faggot like no i'm, I'm like do you say that to your kids like uh, i'm gay like, no like no. Okay. i'm like i'm uncomfortable to say it because like they hype me up and they love mr d and i'm like i'm still in the closet like i haven't made wow i haven't made like as much progress as I think I have because these kids, I want these, I want to be accepted and liked by 12 and 13 year olds. Apparently. How do I reach these kids? I think there's part of it though. That's on us. Even, even uh, as straight in the straight community, we put too much emphasis on sexuality. Yes. As our part of our identity. Right. You know, like there's too much emphasis on, like I even said at my dad's eulogy, I'm like, I can sit here and talk about his sexuality and what that meant to me in this, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter enough. Just like, because you, maybe you yeah. can't fix something in your house doesn't mean you're not, you're less of a man. Or right. just because I'm a girl that doesn't love to get an address every day, that doesn't make me less of a well, woman. Time, my, me and my wife moved into my house and we had this uh, this fridge that like is hooked up to like water and like you know, ice or whatever. Anyways, I was trying to hook it up to the fridge, right? The the, the water source and I couldn't do it and I walked to my wife I turned on the water when I shouldn't have it was spraying everywhere walking to my wife I'm like 
like, uh, yeah, I had a little problem. She's like, do you want me to call my dad? And it was such a fucking letdown for me. I'm like, no, I'll do it. And then, like, I go back out. I think for a little while. I walk back. I'm like, yeah, I think I think you should call your dad. Like, do, do you do you feel like... I, like, if, held the flashlight for him, but, like, you, fixed it. Do you feel like if you were, like, on a guy's trip, or like, oh, and they're like, oh, dude, like, like, say it's like you're on a bachelor party, and... The groom's like, we're all going to build a house together. Like, that's what I want to do for my bachelor party. Would you feel, like, self-conscious because you wouldn't be as natural? No, when I'm, when I'm rolling with a lot of my friends, there's a group of my friends that a lot of guys, like, in the trades. And I and it's not like I ever feel inadequate or I ever feel I kind like, of envy the people that are in trades. Yeah, I, In too. a weird way. I yeah. feel like I'm like, you figured it out before I did. Most of my college was me being closeted still and, like, socially and spiritually denying like who I am as a person. So I was still getting through my classes and everything, but I couldn't focus on anything. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't you almost focus on, don't know. No, what, like I, you didn't like looking back at it, you know, retrospectively, like, yes, you can see the yeah. roadblock you had in yeah. school, but like during it, you're like, this is survival. I, and, and some people escape to those venues and are like, I don't know myself, so I'm going to do everything I can to be good at basketball or good at, you know, a, a certain getting my degree, all of that. But there is something to be said about you really are stagnant in your life in so many aspects if you're not true to who you are and being honest with yourself. Yeah. Like I, I have a friend who yeah, he was closeted throughout high school and college too, and he put all that energy into being obsessive with excelling in school, became the valedictorian of his high school, went to an Ivy League school, and he was able to channel all that energy. For me, I knew that I had to, if you want to go into comedy, you can go into it being closeted, but it's not going to be fun for you and you're probably not going to be that good at it. And I already knew that my anxiety was mounting and mounting and mounting because I entered the closet, let's say, the Togo Palazzi basketball camp in fifth grade, it was mounting and mounting pressure. And I was like, I want to live a free existence. And I know I need to unpack these things first before I go into any type of career path. You know, what's fucked up is like the happiest people I've ever met in my entire life are fully out of the closet gay people. Like the <laughs> literally like and, and know from from experience, not that my dad always had this like it almost seemed like this un like treated like aggression yeah. or irritability growing up. And he always was just like wicked dickhead, you know, and um, all he wanted was or a dumbass. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and then the last 10 years of his life were the happiest I ever saw him, you know, and it's like not to take away that like the family, like, he always loved his kids and, 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 you know, he, he loved my mom and, and all that. And, and, and we can go back over it, but I won't bore you again, but it's just like the happiest I ever saw him. They're like, was. you're finally free. You're like living, I almost like wish like, in a way. I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. For, to be- for me, I remember, uh, feeling that like closeted anxiety, let's say up until like, 11th grade and then to make myself feel better my goal was to achieve a social currency i wanted to uh that's when i started working on bitcoin <laughs> no uh, <laughs> that's, that's what it sounded like i was about to say that's when i discovered ethereum <laughs> no i wanted to have a social currency and you're in high school so that currency is partying right yeah at that point yeah. so 
I wanted to be ingratiated into the house party scenes. I wanted to be hanging out with the people that were seen as cool, had parties, were partying. I remember actually feeling, I was very closeted at that point, but I also remember feeling a lot of love and happiness Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of friends around me. You know that age, like you're living with your friends, you're always with your friends. And I wasn't even being myself, but I still felt that love and I felt... I felt very happy at that point. We were like, very vulnerable in those moments too. Like you could do anything you want or dumb shit. Yeah. And everyone was still like, oh, you're, I love yeah. you, man. There, like, there was a lot of love, that, lot of love that, that went around. And I remember even like telling uh, my friend like years down the line, I was like, I feel like I was happier before I came out of the closet. And his response was, go back in. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I actually did come out. So this is how it happened. I was pledging a fraternity at BU and I was like, this was like mounting anxiety with things because the Greek life being in a fraternity to me was like the pinnacle of like, you Your could- dad would have a boner just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That's all he wanted for you. <laughs> the rigor mortis. And I was doing the fraternity and I had so much pressure on me because- I, self-inflicted because I was like, I'm in the closet. Like, I don't want to like do a fraternity like this. Like, I don't want to be a a closeted person doing this. So I ended up like, I got initiated into the fraternity and then I had just like a mental break where I was like, I need to like exit school. I remember like when I was pledging, I remember being in class, like being in a lecture hall, hearing a voice in my head that like, you're a faggot. Like you need to come out. Like, what are you doing? And it turns out it was one of the students behind me, but no, I, I, I just, it I was got, me actually. It was Gianni. Yeah. I, I remember just being so stressed out that I had to like leave school for the semester. Like drop the frat. I was like, I'm not in a good headspace. And I went home and I like, I was upstairs like in tears. And my mom is like, just telling me, asking me like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then I finally just like came out with it. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm racist. She's like, she's, she's like, I know. Me too. She's like, you I know. Came now, to I'll take that white sheet off your head. It's laundry day. No, I, t- I, I told her, I was like, I'm gay. And then she went downstairs and like told my dad. She's like, he just told me he's gay. My dad like grabbed his chest and collapsed on the floor. Oh, like, he fainted? He like, yeah, he like blacked out and like oh, fell onto the floor gosh. i was like i asked for a barbie last christmas like this shouldn't be that much of a shock for <laughs> no but it's like that that was wow. his well you asked for ken don't ask for be. ken i was like i don't want a barbie i want to sit on ken's face yeah. <laughs> he me too makes Wait, it a little no, better no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. To, to go back to like what i was saying or wow. things that like were unexpected to him like he didn't have any healthy coping mechanisms for information that was brought to him that was he wasn't expecting so it's like the basketball coach job going to someone else. Right. And that was just like the ultimate. It was one of his three agreements. Like couldn't be drunk, high or fage. Did he accept your other two brothers is what they did or, you know, or he is it was it a flaw in him that like it never was going to be good enough for his ex. You didn't because I'm, I'm seeing I don't know. I never met your dad syndrome because you are the middle child. Yeah, right? I'm the middle. So with so my dad was like this with all my brothers to some extent, like my older brother, when my older brother started losing his hair, my dad couldn't handle it because he took it on himself. That's like, this is a reflection of him and his wow. fatherhood. It's like, it's like, it's like he's failed it's in some Rogaine. way. It's like, it's nothing to do with. He so might feel like he's failed like, in some way. Yeah. yeah. But like, yes, it, yes. It, yes. In, in a sense too, like 
then it's really not you. It's him, you know, because that's how I broke up with him. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> if it's anybody, it's me. Um, any no, but like it, it's almost like it's he's never going to be happy. It was a, a right. character defect on because his of, part. if those things if it was, are you weren't be gay, it was death. because there, there would have been there would have been like something else. There would have been something else. He, right, you would have filled that either it, way. He had a problem with you expectations. Know. That was his exactly. Problem. He put expectations and he viewed his children as a direct extension of him. Or it's right. like, what are people going to say that Michael's? Uh, son is gay and like we were from a town where it's like a lot of chatter and like everything. he oh, yeah. did something wrong that's why Ex- you're exactly gay. like he did something wrong and he just couldn't handle it so th- the next like i was 21 and then over the next like decade it was really just like dealing with that shame and unpacking it and there was a lot of other like family drama and issues with my parents relationship that was going on around that time too. So it was kind of, I was living in LA at this point and Mm. it was kind of like, I had to deal with my own coming to terms with myself, like without any real support because there was other drama at home and I kind of had to just do it on my own. And then I kept it just my family knew at that point. And I didn't even tell my brothers, but my dad was like writing in a journal because my dad went to like a psychologist and he was journaling about everything that was going on with me. And one of my brothers like found the journal and that's how I got out. It was like, what are you, Anne Frank? Like, why are you, <laughs> why are you journaling? And then like, why are you in an attic? He's like, he's like, he's, jur- he's journaling. And like, that's what outed me to my brothers. And wow. then my dad, I, yeah, my dad, I don't want anyone that listens to this that knows me or my family to like think that I'm disparaging in many ways, but this is just my truth. Like, my coming out was all about how's Michael handling this? Right. How's he handling this? He's making this? it about himself it's, it's and, and a lot him. of parents so, do that. And I begged my parents, do not tell anyone, like, do not tell anyone, I'm not ready for this. I feel like I could have like a heart attack. Like, I, p- please, I cannot handle any more than disclosing this to right. you guys. Like, please. And then- It's your story to tell. It, my dad yeah. went and outed me to my entire like Italian family of like 50 other people because- he had to go there and just get it off his chest because he couldn't handle it. So it's like because he didn't know what to do. Well, I, and, and a little bit of that from from my dad when he came out of the closet to me, he was ready to tell, for, go to the top of his fucking get on yeah. the news and tell everybody. And I'm like, listen, like you've been my dad, straight but divorced from my mom for 55 years now, like horrible for my whole life, whatever, however old I was at the time, 30 years or whatever. You need to like put on the landing gear and soft land on this. I'm okay with it, but can we all just like give it a week? Oh, yeah. so you, know? you thought he was moving too fast? Yeah, because it, it was. He, and, and I understood now from retrospect how much he needed to get this out. Yeah. and he's been waiting to tell me for yeah. so long, and I accepted it, and I was okay with it. Now he just wanted to just anyone like I feel have like, like I a, was kind of like, like that like a in come a way. out party. Like, come on yeah. over, we're gonna have a cookout, and I'm yeah. just gonna be my new self. And I like, I got so drunk. It was right before I got sober, and I got so drunk that day, and I took uh, some benzos too, and I was just like, <gasps> oh, that's a yeah, good time. no, and I was just like, <laughs> and even cool. my uncle called me the next day. He's like, what's going on? And I just like, I couldn't. I could like, and it wasn't that it wasn't okay. It was like feelings for my mom and and just what people were going to think. And as much as, and you can be as liberal, left-wing, acceptance, wearing a pride flag, uh, being for the cause until somebody that close to you comes out and then you really realize how fucking liberal you really are, right? Like, and how accepting you really are. Or you it's question not, your own identity. Yeah, and life. it's like, I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah, your dad's gay that, or your brother's gay. or Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you, man. I know. 
but then it's you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go suck that cock. Johnny, where can people find you? Uh, my Insta is at uh, JaxB, J-A-H-X-B-E. That's okay. my Insta. Katie. Um, oh, my Insta is at Katie underscore Lions L Y O N S eleven. At Katie underscore Lions eleven. This has been the D'Amico Show. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>